Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I'm Peter, that is Connor. We talk about movies on this show, typically older movies, although this one's not that old because we're in a bit of a pattern right now of having lots of new sequels coming out, so we're doing the back catalogue, we're building up to them. Uh, and obviously, it was only a couple of episodes ago we did the original Planet of the Apes. This episode is going to be about Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which of course is the start of the current trilogy. Obviously, we're going to do Dawn. And then, obviously, on Gigawatts, when it comes out, we'll do uh, War. So, um, yeah, Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, from henceforth, I will refer to it as Rise of the Apes, which is what it should have been called. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we'll start spoiler-free, and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. I think it's worth doing a spoiler-free section for this one in Dawn, mainly because I'm thinking maybe some people haven't checked them out yet, the new one's coming out, they're maybe tempted to catch up. We can give them a little yeah. spoiler-free section to sort of prompt them in the right direction which is to say yes catch up watch watch rise because it's it's great yeah pretty much it's great uh, it's been a few years since i watched that i haven't watched it since before dawn came out um, yeah i think that's when i watched it as well last yeah um and i want, I want to like set the picture i want to set the scene for me going to see this in 2011 which by the way it's weird that this is already six years old but so set, setting the scene for me going to see this in 2011 I remember hearing that there was a new Apes movie coming out. And, I, you know, I, I was quite fond of the original. Uh, and the sequels are okay. Not not, not great. I hated the Tim Burton remake with uh, with a passion. It's the only one I, I refuse to watch. D- directed by Tim Burton and starring Mark Wahlberg, there is nothing about that movie that appeals to me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. It, it says something. When I watched every of the, like each of the original sequels, and then I got to the, the Tim Burton one, I was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I've never actually seen the fifth one, uh, actually. Which one's the fifth one? I can't remember uh, ba- the I think that's Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I've seen it. <laughs> Which, what war is the advanced version of it? Yeah. Which, to be fair, this one is kind of the advanced version of Conquest. And, it is, uh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Uh, much, much better than Conquest. Uh, but yeah. it, is, it is kind of the advanced version of that. So, yeah, set the scene. I hear there's a new Apes movie, and I go... Why is there a new Apes movie? Who the hell asked for a new Planet of the Apes movie? I didn't understand. Nothing had ever lived up to the original. It felt like a dated concept. I'm like, what, what, why Why is there another Apes movie? I saw the trailer and went, oh, I like John Lithgow. Um, I still had memories of James Franco and Spider-Man, which is kind of funny. This is interlinking with us doing those. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh. And I'm like, the like, CG's pretty good. But I wasn't like convinced. I was still kind of of the opinion who is asking for this? Why are they it felt like they were forcing a reboot of a franchise that really should never even have been a franchise. It was a great standalone movie. Yeah, it really feels like throughout like its history the studio has been determined to keep this around. Yeah. For whatever reason, they keep trying, they yeah. keep going with Four it. Four sequels, then they had a, a TV show. I don't know if that was Maybe in the middle of the sequels, I can't remember exactly where on the timeline that fits, but there was a TV show, then they tried to resurrect it with Tim Burton in 2001, and you know, 10 years later, here we had Rise, and I was like, this feels just so forced, it feels like a cash grab, it feels like they're trying to use name recognition, and it's probably going to be soulless, kind of like the new version of The Mummy, uh, but well, I've not actually recorded the review for The Mummy yet, so that was a little prelude. Um at least for the people watching this yeah, on yeah. Patreon. Yeah, for anyone on Patreon, I was going to say, if, yeah. this is, if you're watching this just on YouTube, the Mummy Review's already the up. there, you can go, go watch, watch that. Go watch me just trash that movie. Matt might defend it, I don't know, he's not seen it yet. We'll, we'll <laughs> find out how he feels about it. 
but I'm hoping that he sees sense and that he sees that for the mediocre endeavour that it is. I'm not going to say third. It's not completely flat out terrible, but it's just really, really mediocre. I haven't seen it, but there's a reasonable chance Matt will defend it regardless. I think he might. It might be a bit of a smackdown. Uh, Matt's going down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of how I felt getting into this. I, I was kind of feeling with when I went, first seen Rise that it was it felt kind of like that, where this is just a pointless thing. They want to try and build it. It felt like a soulless Hollywood tentpole attempt, and I wasn't I wasn't convinced going in. I came out of the movie and said, "I'm an idiot." <laughs> They they convinced me why that needed to exist on on its own terms. Like just watching the movie, I understand the story they wanted to tell. At least the, the filmmakers, what, what the purpose of it was, and it's basically the example I bring up every time. Like they're going to reboot a franchise, you know, from, from a new sort of concept from the ground up. I go, you know what? Sometimes it can work out if you've got the right talent doing a story they want to tell. It can be this, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a very good chance this originated with one of the studio heads going, we need to keep oh, this sure. around. Yeah. But, do you know what? Finally, the the studio paid off. Yeah, they, they were right to go, we need to keep this around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would have felt like they'd missed anything if it had, because we'd never have known what this would have been without. Right. But it's just an example if you give it to the right people and they, they do something with it. Um, and this, argue, this is easily the best one since the original. Yeah, at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, part of part of what makes Dawn so impressive is that this was great. It surprised everyone, and then Dawn went and surpassed Blew it. it out the water. In yeah. fact, Dawn not only surpassed this, it also surpassed the original. Uh, so uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. More on that when we talk about Dawn uh, in the very near future. But like, I, I just remember coming out and being just impressed and like surprised at how invested I got, how much I cared about the characters. Because as much as I, I don't necessarily think this, you know. Comparing it directly to the original, is this the better movie? I don't think it's actually a clear answer. I think some people would say, oh, the original's better for these reasons. I think the original has more commentary on it, and, and it, you know, in terms of yeah. society and stuff like that. But I also don't think that in the original movie I sympathise with any character the same way that I do with uh, Caesar in this. Probably not, no. Because everyone in that movie is kind of a dick. <laughs> I, I think this movie is a better character story. Yeah, and it's more yeah. emotional as a result, whereas the original Planet of the Apes is perhaps a better sort of science fiction political piece, if you will. Uh, yeah, this is definitely more of a of a blockbuster as well in that sense. It is more of a blockbuster, but it, it definitely has stuff to say. It has a, has a heart to it. It's got weight to its emotions, and yeah, you feel it. And it has some bloody good references to the first film. We'll talk about them in the spoilers, obviously. Yeah. We don't want to uh, give that away because I will say that the main one that everyone thinks of. Uh, I never saw coming, and I was surprised in the in the cinema how much it hit me. Like how much I was, oh man! Yeah, they play it as such a strong moment. <laughs> yeah, and I'll explain in spoilers why it works so as well as it does. Why it's not just a cheap reference, but, but there's there's a lot of good. other smaller little ones that there's, kind of are ultimately fact, meaningless and are just nice little nods. Yeah, there's one that I actually that I never noticed the first time, and I when I noticed it this time. It's probably because I just watched the original recently, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention or whatever. Right. Uh, but I, this time I noticed it and went, "Oh, I'm not skiing that one. That one feels a bit forced." Mm, uh, I wonder which one. Well, we'll find out later, won't we? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So what is Rise of the Planet of the Apes about? It's, I mean, it's James Franco plays this this scientist who's trying to like develop a cure for Alzheimer's uh, and whatever else it'll do. Else it'll do, and he's working with chimps. They're testing on chimps. 
and he's presenting his find and uh, basically all gets shut down and they're told to like, kill all the chimps but one of them who was infected with this drug that makes the, the, the chimp smarter uh, had, a, had a baby had a, had a little chimp and he, they don't want to kill it and they feel bad about it so he takes it home and he whatever the mother had inside are sort of naturally passed on to him and we see him sort of raise this ape uh, who is a smart name Caesar who's the main main who I would argue is the main character of the film it's definitely shared with Franco at the very least if not yeah. more so and we see him grow up and be smarter and all that kind of thing uh, and ultimately be mistreated by certain people uh, and ultimately kind of learn to think for himself in ways beyond just simple intelligence. It's, it's essentially a coming-of-age story. Yeah, it's a coming-of-age story. It almost... This is going to be a weird comparison, but it also reminds me of a superhero movie in some ways. Hmm. I, I, think, I, I think I see what you mean. He's got an origin. He sort of learns to become the leader of the apes, and ultimately it leads to this big third act where he inspires and it leads to these yeah. action sequences, uh, which are good. It, it's not... You know, because we, we love Wonder Woman that just came out recently, but one criticism we had was the final battle was kind of shit. Whereas I think Apes, this Apes does it the right way, where it, it's a really grounded battle and everything has weight to it, and you feel for everything that's happening. And yeah. when, you know, and when Apes start doing smart things to be tactical, you get oh, you get kind of excited, and you you're like ah, yeah, oh, yeah deal with us humans because you're 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 rooting for them. You're not rooting for the humans. Oh, absolutely. You're like suck it, humans. You had your chance. Yeah. It's ape time now. Definitely, like there's anyone who isn't rooting for the apes is just wrong. <laughs> Ironically, anyone who's not rooting for the apes is inhumane. Yes, yeah, pretty much. I, I think that's, that's. Do you know what? My only, my only real complaint, because as much as I think Dawn surpasses it, I think it's just. It just does what it does well, but does everything better and has a lot more. It kind of mixes the emotional stuff plus the social commentary that the first one had. It does yeah. everything like that, but I think this one it doesn't really necessarily do anything bad. It's just Dawn tops it. So I have very little to complain about. Uh, the, the only thing that sticks out in my mind where I, I saw, other than that one little reference that I'll mention, spoilers, that stuck out and went, I have to mention this in a negative way, is Tom Felton's American accent. Oh, it's atrocious, isn't it? Is rather he, rough. It's he really can't stay in it either. He's slipping in and out constantly. Yeah, there, there was a couple of because I'll be honest. For the first couple of lines he had, I wasn't sure if he was doing an American accent. It took a few lines before I was like, oh, he's trying to do an American accent. Yeah, oh, yeah, shit. it was. And then there was a line that it was it was the same line he says uh, at one point in Harry Potter, and he says <laughs> it just the exact same way. Like it, it, <laughs> the, the, the accent's just gone. He's he just given up on it entirely. Yeah, so that's that's a shame. Uh, yeah, he works at the. Uh, the sanctuary, sanctuary, yeah, sanctuary. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a specific sort of name for an ape. Sort of, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with sanctuary, ape. yeah, sanctuary, sanctuary works. Uh, he, he, he works there, and the, the, the person who runs it's actually Brian Cox, uh, plays that character, isn't it? He's a friendly face to see pop up from time to time, yeah, you don't see him all that often. No, he probably, you know, he does pop up a lot, it's just he's been spread out over the last like three decades. <laughs> well, yeah. But you go all the way back to like Manhunter, and he just he pops up every so often. So he's in the American Ring, for example. He was in some of the Bourne films, and he, just, yeah. he pops up a lot. He does. He's here and there, but he's not like consistently oh. everywhere like some others. And he's in Braveheart, obviously, because he's Scottish. And everyone obviously. who was a Scottish actor in 1995 was in Braveheart, obviously. Because <laughs> duh. 
um, who's done a much better job at uh, an accent than Phil in this. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to be fair, his his like American voice is kind of weirdly unique. It doesn't really sound like any American I've ever heard, but it definitely hides his Scottish, and you never feel like he's slipping into a different accent. He's always consistent. yeah, it's consistent, which yeah. is. I think that's the biggest thing. You can have a bad accent, but if you're consistent in it, you buy that that's just what it is. Yeah. I wouldn't even necessarily as bad as so much, because it never distracts me. It's just, it sounds like a unique kind of... It's almost like he is from another country, but he's from somewhere different. <laughs> that yeah. I can't quite place, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, but uh, it works. Um, so, no, nice to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, our main character's Kur- Kur- not Kur- sorry, I did that earlier. Caroline, uh, who is the sort of the vet at the zoo who helps out, sort of take care of Caesar uh, early on, and uh, sort of becomes close, almost like the the mother of the family, as it were, uh, with yeah. uh, Franco as the dad. And of course, John Lithgow plays Franco's father, who is so- suffering from Alzheimer's, uh, and ends up sort of taking the drug as well. But he uh, he's a delight to see. I love John Lithgow, and he's yeah, always great, isn't he? When this came out, I feel like I hadn't seen him in years. Whereas now, I feel like I've seen him in a few things since then. But I felt like he disappeared for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. There, there was like there was a time after Third Rock from the Sun ended, which was like you know the late nineties to yeah, this. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's a big there's, a bad, there's about a decade gap where you just don't see him. I I wonder I wonder if he just like. I know he was a bit older, but maybe he just had a kid or something. He wanted to hang out with his kids while they were still young for like a while, and then he went back yeah, to acting. Maybe he just went screw. I'm going to take a break. Or maybe he was in some obscure TV show for ten years that I've never heard of, and that's just why we've not seen him. It's probably more likely, isn't it? I'm going to look it up afterwards. I want to find out what was he doing for all those years. Ah, oh, dear. Also, John Lithgow's a guy who sort of because he went grey and bald at a really young age, he looks like he's not aged in a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's one of those. He's one of those people who's looked about 50 since he was like 30. And because of that, he's looked the same age for about 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, he's one. It's it, it's it's a blessing and a curse. It's 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 a curse at first when yeah. when it's when you're younger. But once you hit that age and keep going, then it's like, "Oh, you look pretty good for your age." <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um you'll be going gray soon. I will, yeah. The ginger's always go early. I know. <laughs> So, um, do you know what? I'm not worried about going grey. It's one of those weird things that some men really like obsess about it, and I just, I, I think a bit of grey hair is a, it's kind of dignified, honestly. And in I your mean, case, I, it's a I, massive I, improvement. <laughs> I've been finding the odd grey hairs here and there for oh. like a few years already at this point, so I've kind of just accepted it's coming soon. <laughs> your thirtieth birthday is going to be amusing. <laughs> um, have a nice before and after pick. Um, so yeah, so that, that's sort of the main players in the movie. Obviously, there's the science company, you know, the research lab, uh, which I, I'll admit it's not really a problem in and of itself. But the name Genesis with a dash was reminding me of Terminator Genesis because of the the, the Y and the, the and, spelling. I knew you were going to go with that, and it, was, it annoyed me when I first seen it. But that's not really a fault of this movie. It's just another movie tarnished yeah. that word for me uh, <laughs> with the Y spelling, and it just upset me. Um, but no, that's the, that's the main players in the movie. It's got a lot of heart. It's, it's you really feel for Caesar. You kind of root for him, and the performance from Andy Serkis, uh, where obviously is mostly without any like speaking or of any kind. It's all there's some sign language, of course, and that's subtitled a little bit. Although there's a lot more than that in the next one. Um, but uh, he like just with his eyes, and there's like there's some great moments where you see what he's thinking, and it's just through yeah, his it's, performance. It, it's mostly in the, the the body language and the facial expressions, and of course the CG's 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta throw it up to what digital for producing that. Yeah, uh, you know, to portray a chimp to that extent where you can see every little bit of emotion on the face. And then as the movie goes on, lots of chimps and other types of ape. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I would argue again, Dawn probably looks better, but this is still like. It's, it's still fantastic. Don, 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 for me, is still the gold standard. Now, admittedly, with War coming out, that might change. <laughs> it might, it might. Um, but can, can you top what, what was already done? But, but no, nah, the, the apes in this look incredible. That does, they do. Given how often Caesar's on screen and the fact that he's completely CG, it's, just kind of, it's amazing that there's very few moments where it doesn't look photo real, and it usually does. Yeah, there's there's only a handful of times in the entire film where I looked at it and it just wasn't perfect. Yeah, and it was still great. It just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't it, just wasn't just quite not there. Yeah, so no, I, I think I think we're at a point if CGs hitting hitting hit these levels, it will start to get to a point where it won't age too badly anymore. Whereas obviously a lot of movies, you know, we we did we mentioned the Spider Man films, like what was the first one, and some of that Green Goblin stuff is atrocious to look at now. Yeah, um, but I think even at the time, you could tell that that was gonna age. Because it didn't Probably, look real, yeah. whereas this, and there's only so much it can age when it gets to like an almost realistic level. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. So, how about we uh, go into spoilers then? Yeah, let's do it. So, full spoilers from this point on for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and so can we start with what 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 little Easter egg annoyed you? I really want to know. Oh, it was a Felton saying it's a madhouse when the apes were all <laughs> shaking the cages after he used the, the little electric yeah, stun gun. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I, that one just felt a bit forced, and I never know. I think it's because there was so much noise from the apes that when the first time or two I heard I seen the film that I just I never heard them say it. It's possible, yeah. And I, I just I heard it this time. and went, oh, that one was a bit forced. Whereas the one that I never noticed the first time, and I think it's just because I hadn't seen the original film in a long time, was uh, the. Caesar's mum being called Bright Eyes. Like I, 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 oh, I really? Such... I thought that was like the really obvious one. I just, I never, I never occurred to me the first time I watched it, and this time I was watching it, and I went, "Oh, that's a nice little." Because it's not too in your face. It's kind of, yeah. like, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just whereas the Madhouse is such a famous line, and it is just thrown in for kind of effect. Yeah. Whereas the good one, the one that comes later, works in such a great referencing the original. But also is a great moment because so it's, it's Felton's like basically having a duel with Caesar uh, as yeah. Caesar's about to like man his big escape with all the other apes, and Caesar grabs Felton and Felton says, "Get your damn you know your goddamn hands off me, you dirty ape!" or whatever the line is, the exact you know the exact line from the original film that Heston yeah. says. The, the, and the reason why it's such a perfect reference is because it's the first time he speaks in front of the apes. That's the big shocking moment where the apes all go, oh, "Man can speak." And here, Felton says that line, and then for the first time in the movie, Caesar says, no. And it's yeah, the first it's line the first he says. time he speaks. It's perfect. You can't play that moment any better. No, it, as a reference, and then the fact that the music all completely goes after it, it's just silence and all the other apes, and the other guy who's got the gun is just just watching yeah. in awe. Like, it's just like, what the shit? <laughs> what the shit just happened? Um, and it, it's, it's perfect because it, it flips the original movie, and... It just it's it's perfect. I, I can't I can't I can't compliment it enough. I smiled so hard when this happened the first time. When yeah, I saw it for the first it's time. It's rare that you see a reference and go, they played that into the plot and did it, you know, so well. Yeah, but, seamless. Like 
yeah, like like you say, it's because it works on its own anyway because it's a you know it's a shocking moment. So you just say you hadn't seen the original and you you know you, you, and somehow you didn't know that line, even though that would be weird. But like, you didn't get the context of it. It still works. Yeah, it still plays completely fine. Yeah, but then when you realise uh, the complete reversal of what happened with the that was his line first speaking and realization, and then it's the same here where it's the realization of of that they can speak. It's just fantastic. That's when it becomes. If I'm comparing it to a superhero movie, that's when it becomes a superhero. Yeah, basically that that's the moment. That's the moment where Superman flies for the first time is when he says no. It is. Yeah, that's when he stands up and and just does it. Yeah, it is. It's and because like Felton is such a dick in this movie, he's such a villain. He treats the apes like shit. He mocks them. He shocks them. Uh, I didn't mean that for that to rhyme, but it did. It worked. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, he's bringing girlfriends round and like tormenting them. Yeah, are they really impressed by that? I don't know. Seems I mean, strange. If, if she's sh- if she's shitty enough to date that shithead, then probably. No, that's fair. You know. Yeah. Assholes attract assholes, I guess. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of kind of my thing. Um. So no, I, that that line is great because this is the thing. One of my favorite moments of the movie actually is before it's before the the no line when Caesar goes in. Uh, he he snuck out right. He, 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 it's it's when he decides not to leave with Franco because Franco kind of comes in. He, he, it's after his his dad's died because he's given him the new formula and it's not worked. It's killed him. He comes in with a bribe. Give me. Give me Caesar back because Caesar, of course, stuck up for John Lithgow, which is a really again heartbreaking scene because he's doing the right thing, and then the bait's too far, and it's like, oh shit, animal control is coming. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing we can do yeah. about that now, uh, and you feel bad for me. You feel like when he goes in the cage, it's like, no, this is a prison for him because he's smart enough to want to do other things yeah. to the point where he draws his window on the yeah, yeah, just so it has some semblance of home. Yeah, and he makes the choice because he he does the thing where he sort of asserts himself as the as the leader by letting the gorilla out and the gorilla sort of backs him and that's when yeah. the other one who was kind of leader before kind of submits and does the hand thing that shows that he's now in charge. He's the one giving permission. Uh, but he sneaks out and he goes back home and he, he creepily watches them sleep because obviously at this point Franco and Caroline are uh, a couple but he steals the, the, the formula, the, the the drug that made them the way he is, that made them smart. And he knows that moment where he he stabs it and lets it all roll out in the cages and uh, theoretically making them all smart like him because he's trying to like rally them and then the orangutan's like uh, apes dumb because he can he can speak in sign language that's that's worth mentioning <laughs> he can already do that yeah uh, is, is it before that the, the the moment with the cookies yeah that's when he's first starting to yeah. sort of train them yeah yeah I really like that he does manage to some degree like. Again, to go back to the superhero thing, he does kind of inspire them just through him being better. Yeah, yeah, to, like, to, to an extent. But ultimately, there's limits because they are not intelligent enough to. Right, but he yeah. does. He gets here. It's like you one each, we share sort of thing. But one of my favorite moments. Oh, I think the nose obviously stand out, and then the action at the ends a big stand out. But one of my favorite moments is after he does this, and he lets all the gas canisters out. When he wakes up the next morning, or he's already up actually, right? And I love the look in his face as he's looking around, watching all the other apes wake up. And it's the looking all the apes of their because every single this is how good the CG and the motion acting is. Is every single one of them as they're waking up, you see it in their face. It's like they've woken that, up for the first time. It's, it's like they realise that 
something's changed. Yeah, you can see it in all of them. And there's this great close-up. So it's one of the famous shots they use in the trailer, actually, of Caesar just looking around with his eyes. Like, he's he's making sure his plan's worked. It's It feels like it's building. It's it's so it's actually a really well-paced film. I, I, I didn't realise when yeah. I went back to watch it this time uh, how well-structured it was. It's really, uh, well, we're on that in terms of pacing, it's shorter than I remembered. Hmm. Because obviously, I think of a modern summer blockbuster. I think it's two hours at least, and I think even the the original Apes was about two hours. Yeah, that was just about under. Two hours. But this is about what, an hour forty. Hour forty five, I think. Hour forty five, right? So it's like it feels like brisk. Yeah, it doesn't waste any time. It, it gets things to the point. Almost, almost uh, maybe a touch quickly at the start, actually, like because he gives his dad, you know, John Lasko the cure, and then he's cured, and then we have a three-year time jump, and then we have another five-year time jump after we, you know, we go to the the reserve and he gets to claim the yeah, keys. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, almost, I almost would, you know, I could have used them maybe a little bit more. The five one bothered me a little bit in terms of, so the the three-year one we don't we get through dialogue right. We, we're told, oh yeah, so at one year he was like this, and then at year two he was yeah. doing these things, and and I like that because it was like oh, it's chronicling time as like a you know, the the scientific diary hmm. like we were having anyway. The five year one, I think it's a fantastic sequence. You know him go running through the trees, swinging and climbing, and yeah, and obviously the, yeah, it's like the the times jumping as he goes up. So his, his clothes are changing, the weather's changing. It's it's gorgeous, and he's getting bigger obviously as well because yeah. he's he's getting older, and. The, then it comes up at the bottom saying five years later, and that felt really unnecessary to me. Just need, ha- yeah, okay. yeah. Like, like we I was got wondering, grew and I was wondering what your complaint was going to be because I really like that sequence. I do as well. It's just I the just, text, kind of, okay. yeah, right, just the okay. text. I was like, it, it felt after they'd handled it so well before, and it was handled so well visually in the sequence as it was. This felt like really clunky, and they were unsure of themselves. I just, I don't know why it was needed. Honestly, I'll be honest. I, I would guess that's a note from a producer. They said, I, lo- I love it, but make it clear. Put in a put in a caption. Maybe. I, I'd I'd almost be willing to bet something on it. It feels. I, I, I agree. That, that I, is the most likely. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they meddle in the movie that much. I feel like we got a good movie. We got a, a vision. It feels like a vision, which is something that I didn't expect getting into. I was expecting some heartless <laughs> yeah. like apes movie, just to use the name. Yeah, just a bit of action. Um, but I feel it just that feels like what something like a producer or the studio would lean in and go like just add in a caption there. We feel yeah, it's just not... yeah, no, it's not a big deal. It just bothered me in yeah. the moment. I was just like, why, why is that necessary? Kind of okay. feels like it was, it was perfect yeah. as it was. I, I love all the all the growing up stuff. I like when they're leaving the reserve and he looks over at the dog and he has that little sort of moment where the dog's barking at him and then he bark, sort of drills back at him. But he, he refuses to go in the back like he always does, and he, he goes and sits in the seat like a person, and he yeah. asks if he's a pet. Because he's he doesn't like the idea that he's one of them. I love that when he when he goes and sits in the in the back seat, and then he comes up. Franco comes up to the window. It's kind of like he's a, a surly teenager. Yeah, it's so good. No, it, it works really well, and uh, I like the Franco does just immediately like, take him and shows him the lab. Doesn't take him in obviously because he can't just walk in with an ape, especially one that he snuck out. <laughs> um, but he explains it. He explains your mother was here, and that's what happened to her, and she died. Um, and he, he's 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 honest about it. Like he, he actually does try to be kind of a good, even though he does some things. Yeah, he he jumps the gun a little bit, try to save his father and heal him. Which, by the way, to be fair, the drug did work for eight years. It's worth yeah. mentioning it didn't start failing until eight years, uh, which is pretty good. It's better than any it's, Alzheimer's cure that <laughs> the world's got going. Yeah, 
And I think this this part in particular where he tells him it's kind of like any uh, you know anything in when you get movies about ad- adoption, like the idea mm. that like the good parents that they're honest and you know they they talk to the kid and go look, this is the situation and this is kind of what happens here. Yeah, or, or even even not adoption, even even some. I mean, it is, but I just another example yeah. would be like when a dad like has to explain that like why the mother's not really there and it's this darker story compared to whatever the lie was up until that point like yeah uh, or vice versa obviously mum telling why the dad's not there kind of thing um yeah it has that has that kind of vibe to it and i i really appreciate that as well it, it i think everything feels relatable but it's still at the same time it does have that kind of mistreated pet aspect to it where you feel like they're like you sympathize because you feel like all the humans are just immediately looking i mean the asshole neighbor like this, this asshole who beats them uh, and you, you actually like when he, when when Caesar jumps out and defends John Lithgow and like punches him or whatever and kicks him, you're actually kind of like yeah, give him one, <laughs> like, do it. Yeah, yeah. No. But then you are like, I think at first when he goes down for him yeah. and you know like just stops him because he's obviously at this point Lithgow is he's regressed and he's he's confused with the cars. Yeah. And the neighbor has no sympathy. No, he doesn't. He's pointing out because that's why he just comes down because he's being aggressive. He sees that his right. his he, grandfather he's just trying to defend his his family. Yeah. When he goes to, I think it's even before the bite. I think it's when the guy runs him. away and yeah. tries to go back into his house, but he comes round. He does that that kick and sends him flying back over. Oh yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think that is too far as well. But I think the bite is when it's like, no, he's a rabid animal now. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's what it feels. It feels like you know, he's a rabid dog who needs to be put down at that point. And you're like, oh god, he's but he's crossed a like a clear line there. Absolutely. Um, and your heart sinks. You're like, oh no, and that's obviously what makes him go to the the, the sanctuary. Um, but no, it's uh, it's you know what? I can't wait for the comments now telling us what uh, what this place is called. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Do you know what I really like about it? Mm. I love uh, the again the the small little Easter eggs that the the actual big you know the main room that they're all in. Mm. The the shape is like the the cage that uh, Heston's in in the, ah, in the yeah. original. Yeah, yeah. The, the cage outside. The kind of the the, the yeah. bell cage. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. So as much as I don't think it has as much to say as the original or even Don, I do think there is some stuff in here. I like that when the Caesar goes into this, the first time he's let into the main that main room of the sanctuary again, but with all the other apes, and it's like you know it's like playtime essentially, yeah. exercise time, uh, and he has the he tries to go up and shake the the current leader's hand. Uh, I, I want to say his name is Rocket. I could be. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and he he goes to shake his hand and. The, the, the it's mentioned in the dialogue before with Felton in that about the uh, the clothes like how all oh, the other apes make give him shit because he's wearing clothes because he's different and then sure enough he like rips the top off and he he, he mocks him and kind of bullies him essentially uh, and I like this it's, it's it's not a super deep message but it is kind of is there the idea that and I want to make this very clear as well to anyone who falls into this category this is clearly saying that people who are People who are stupid will mistreat anyone they see as different. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say that there's not such a thing as a, a smart racist, because there there is there's conniving people who are more power hungry certainly and use things like that to their advantage. But I think there is a certain contingency of people who are racist or homophobic or anything like that, where oh it's just because they're different. Oh I fear that. Oh shun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lack of education. Yeah. Um, and I think it's telling that the smart ape Caesar, of course, doesn't think this way. For the most part, like he has a couple of slits with the dog and stuff where he reacts because he's being attacked back and he kind of yeah. retaliates. But um, 
but all the other apes who are less intelligent, they're, they're, well, they're, they're apes, <laughs> um, react this way. And I, I think that's just a nice little bit of uh, social commentary there. Yeah, there's a few. Again, uh, the, the original movie touched on it a little bit in the the animal experimentation. Mm. Uh, obviously, in that case, it was when they were experimenting on the humans. But here it's much more obvious, obviously, because they have them in the labs, and then you have the way Felton treats them all because he's a dick. Yeah, and it's it's very surface level and obvious, but it's it's still there quite heavily actually. It is it's there, but I, I don't. As much as you're saying it's surface level, I don't think it's. It doesn't feel shallow either. It feels like no. It feels it yeah. Works. I say surface level because yeah. there's no reading into it as a as a message. It's just it yeah, presents yeah. it as animal cruelty, and you just see it as that is is what I meant by surface level. And I don't even necessarily think all of the experimentation feels that way. Like at the start, certainly like a. The, the the main sort of buddy who doesn't want to put down the the Aye, the Aye, him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know his name. Oh, I don't know, I don't know his character's name. Yeah, uh, okay, sure. Uh, but he like, he doesn't want to do it, and he's he, he's upset that he had to put them all down. He tried to yeah. talk his boss out of it, uh, and ultimately he's like, "I'm not doing this to the, the newborn Caesar. Like, I'm not doing it." Um, so you get sympathetic to him. You, you feel like Franco definitely treats them better. Yeah, again, it's actually all the people in the lab, like those who seem to do well, it seems to be the executives. Yeah. So it's kind of a you know an anti-business corporation message as well in there. I, I also wonder if uh, there's just a little bit of meta-commentary about movie-making going on here where Frank was trying to create his drug that does all this, and he's getting a bit too far, and quite rightly the executives say, no, you're, you're moving too fast, this happened, you, we can't let you do that. But then later on when he comes back and says, oh, it also improves intelligence, and it does this, and it does that. And then the executives just keep going ahead without him. They're, They're like, like, "Oh, you sure? Oh, you, money, you say? Yeah, money." And he just shuts them out, and they keep going anyway. And it, you know, ends up yeah. I, causing the apocalypse, basically. Um, Pretty much. But yeah, so I don't know if that's intentional, but I kind of read that from it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Actually, I was. I, I really like how they showed that Lithgow got better after he took the first cure. Mm. Um, because when when Franco first comes home and you hear him just sort of buying away in the piano and it's just kind of he's, he's making a bit of a tune but it's not quite there and he's sort of fumbling. Uh, but then when Franco wakes up after he's given him the cure, you just hear this beautiful sonata <laughs> just yeah, played yeah. to perfection. And, and you know exactly what's happened. Yeah, he's you just, don't even need to see him and yeah have the conversation to know it's worked. Yeah, he's he's got everything back. It's it's, it's so simple and effective, but you just immediately know it. Um, but and then you, you get when he's getting ill again because he's holding the fork upside down and it's that really great thing and again it's kind of like a, a kid taking care of the parent where Caesar steps in and fixes it for him and it, yeah. it again it's smart it's kind of like the the, the the you know the reference later on when he says no it works in both directions and it's like this really smart thing that says okay he's getting ill again but Caesar's now this smart he's this smart yeah. that he can fix that and it's, it's showing you both sides at the same time it's really Do you know what I really like about when he is ill he, the whole time he always remembers Caesar like because hmm. obviously they remember family members but even his son he thinks he's much younger because he's like oh you had a test today uh, chemistry was it something yeah. like well, he thinks I, he's in school I don't know if I read that as he thinks he's in school or at least maybe he does but I, I think he's sort of mixing up because he did have the thing where he was showing his, his thing you know he was yeah, showing the cure yeah. to people I think he was sort of like taking that and then putting it into that context kind of thing yeah could be because I, I, when, when he said that, I immediately thought, oh, yeah, he thinks he's still in high school or whatever. And then I went, oh, no, but he did have that kind of test today. So He did have a test, yeah. which is why I think I think he's remembered, oh, he had yeah. a test. But then he, he's got confused so, then and gone, yeah. oh, school. But but I think I think he I think he did remember he had this thing today. He knew something was happening today and he was right about it. He, he just, yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah. 
he's mangling it to other things. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it works. Um, but no, so great, 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 great stuff. Um, so yeah, so Caesar once he gets all the apes out and they're all smart and they've stormed out of the place, they they go to the zoo and break more apes out. They, they go to the, of course the lab and get more. Presumably, more of the they break out the apes that are there. They want to rescue them. Presumably, they probably get more of the gas as well to get all the. Apes yeah, in the I zoo. think that's the assumption. Yeah, uh, so they've got all these extra apes from the zoo. Then they even steal one ape that's an animal control. It's just in the in the van, and they, they pull him out. Yeah. Uh, and there's some great shots and all this stuff. It's when they're one. Obviously, when they're all swinging in the trees is really good. Um, when they go on the the tram, you know, the San Francisco yeah, tram, yeah. and it's like our four main characters because we basically have the Rocket, who's the former leader of the the sanctuary. You have Caesar, of course. You have the gorilla, and you have the orangutan. It's like our four main apes. It's actually really impressive that for a bunch of characters who can't speak, I clearly have distinct four characters in my head that they yeah. developed over the course of the movie. Yeah, it is really impressive that you go, and it's not just that they look different, like because mm. they're different species. It's no, no, they are different individuals. You can tell them all, like because even like uh, Rocket and uh, Caesar are the same. They're both chimps. Yeah, but they're very different. And obviously, yeah. uh, Maurice has his whole personality. It's yeah. completely different. Yeah, he's the same language. Whereas the gorilla is obviously the big muscle who. Yeah. Like. So it, they all have their distinct thing, and it just it's just the epic shot as they're coming up. And then there's more of that, of course, with them all climbing the, the San Francisco Bridge. They're trying to get to the reserve. That's where home is going to be. Uh, by this point, the police are involved. Everything, Everyone's involved. They've cordoned off the bridge. They're trying to, Franco's trying to get to them. The whole thing's going down. And the, the, the fog comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice and conveniently. Uh, but all the shots of them climbing the bridge look great. And then the police are all waiting on the other end, and there's that great thing where again they're using tactics and they all, they flip a bus or a, I guess a, it's like a school bus. Yeah, it is a school bus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the gorilla and a, a bunch of the apes are all pushing it together as a shield because they're this smart. And you're like, oh man, this is really smart. And this is something I love about this movie, and again about Dawn, is that I feel like they're gradually getting to the point where yeah, okay, we'll beat the point in, from the original movie to to an extent where they can all speak and stuff, but they're not rushing it. Like, Caesar yeah. said no. He says another line at the end, obviously. But otherwise, he doesn't speak at all. The other apes do not speak. Yeah, yeah. And, and even uh, only Maurice's sign language. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I'm guessing that's a thing they can do already, since he could do that in the movie. Well, I mean, I know you can teach uh, certain apes sign language yeah. anyway, because that's a thing that you can do. Yeah, and he said he was in the circus, so it makes sense. That uh, yeah, it, tricks yeah, it was to... an act. Yeah. Um so uh, that's pretty cool and also I like that uh, this is after they all wake up and you just see they've all got the green eyes like the, the bright green eyes as they're coming out yeah. and he knows that he's succeeded kind of thing um, but no the whole thing is great and then obviously the evil businessman's in the, the chopper and the gorilla jumps into the chopper and takes it down but the gorilla gets shot and dies in the process and there's that great moment where again because he's a character because he's a fully fleshed out character that we care about and Caesar like holds him as he's dying it's like a proper emotional death scene and Caesar goes over to the, the chopper and the evil businessman's like sort of dangling off the bridge and he's like, oh, give me your hand, help, please. And he just, like, he puts his hand out a bit and then he pulls it back in and he just walks away. And then uh, it's uh, Toba, who's the, uh, who's, Koba. who, Koba, sorry, yeah. You know, I did that when Don came out. I kept accidentally calling him Toba. It's one of these things that's just stuck in my head since then. So I apologise, but I'm probably going to say Toba instead of Koba every so often. Uh, but Koba just comes over, who's the new... 
ape day they started experimenting in the lab he was treated not very well he's got a big scar on his face so he looks more villainous and yeah. more, more than that in the next movie um but he yeah he he kills him he pushes the, the chopper over the edge and evil businessman dies and you're kind of on his side i think that was one of the the few moments where i was not sold on the cg it was you know his foot where he wraps mm. it uh, where he pushes the chopper down i thought the foot looked a bit funny i think it's notable that they actually stay away from the feet most of the movie like they, i don't think they were confident in showing them well, that's fine i mean they, they have yeah 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 like, limitations, they the limitations. Yeah. but i think obviously they had to show it for that moment but i think it stood out to me as one of the weaker bits i think I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of the, like the, when Caesar's like running around the house and he's like grabbing onto things with his feet, that also looks quite good. So yeah. obviously it's mixed and matching, but uh, I think the good thing about feet is even actors don't have to show their feet a lot. That's one of the the funny things about uh, filmmaking that you might not realize is that typically in a movie, especially when they're on a set, like I know to bring up the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I've not done it this episode yet. Um, I know for a fact it was in one of the extras. Uh, there was like footage of this. Whenever they're, they're, they're not shooting a wide shot, and it's just like a you know a medium shot where you're just seeing yeah. down to the, either their chest or the stomach, you know it's just that part of their body. They're walking around in the slippers. Oh yeah, my, my favorite story is uh, Peter Cushing when he was on Star Wars. He hated the boots; they found them really uncomfortable, so he just wore slippers for like the entire uh, no, entirety of his it. shot. Because uh, if you can't see them, it doesn't matter because they're, they're going to put yeah. the sound effect in of the boots walking later. Yeah, just who cares. So yeah, uh, and then I've heard stories of actors not even wearing pants when they're, when they're in certain yeah. scenes because it's hot or something. Like um, yeah, so no. why not? Actually, I saw uh, it was a I was an LA newsman uh, who didn't wear pants because obviously quite hot in LA. Oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. So he's got like a suit on, a shirt and tie for above desk, but if you look under the desk, he's wearing like just like Hawaiian shorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's it pretty funny, um, but again, you don't see it; doesn't matter. Exactly. So, so the point I'm making is that you don't actually have to see feet that often, so it kind of works. That you don't yeah, see yeah. Them. You don't yeah. you don't think about that you're not seeing them because, like you say, it's not something that you typically see very much. Whereas if you watch the movie where they they hid the face most of the movie, you would notice it. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was a really good Tils- uh, not Tilson Crypt, uh, Twilight Zone episode where they hide the faces all episode, but it builds mystery. Like, why are they hiding the faces? What did they look like? Like mm. you know, it's, yeah, it, you can use it as a yeah as a purpose for it. But you would you would notice it and go, they're hiding the faces. There must be something going on. Yeah, and you would question it, whereas you don't question that scene in the feet. So it just makes sense that they're off frame most of the time. Exactly. Um, unless you've got a foot fetish, some directors do. Some directors love the the feet shot. Do, do any directors spring to mind? Um, I can't say I've ever noticed any actually any film that particularly. I'm not just on saying it. this, but uh, Whedon actually, uh, particularly with Serenity, has a bit of a, a river foot fetish. He keeps showing her walking about on her bare feet. There's always these close-ups you on know, her feet. Next time I watch that movie, I'm going to see this now. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed before, but now I'm going to. Early on, and then later on, there's a lot of... Uh, I think it's in the commentary track. There's a shot when they get to Miranda. I won't spoil anything, obviously, but there's a shot when they get to the planet Miranda. Uh, and he was explaining that there's a, a high-up shot looking down a river as she's walking. And the reason why it's high up like that is because they had to do a reshoot and they couldn't go back to the place they shot everything else. Like, it was gone. Like, they'd, they'd been mm. there and came back. So they shot it in the parking lot of the, the studio. And so that's why it's a high shot looking down, because they could only see the ground. Yeah. And they could just colour time it. Uh, but when he was saying that in the commentary, he added on, but it, it was another opportunity to see her feet. So <laughs> I, I, was all, I was all about it. Uh, I think that's pretty funny. So Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, to, be, to be fair, whenever I've directed something, I've usually put in some feet shot. I, I, I think when you're doing suspense and you see the steps... It yeah, yeah, I helps. think it's something that you get every so often and it, it can yeah. work. It's just, like you say, it's when you... Because you, obviously, typically, most of your movie, you're framing around heads and bodies. So you're not looking at the feet very much. They're just not in frame by, it, by its nature. It's also a technique to avoid showing a violent moment if you cut to the feet because if the feet look suddenly stop you can tell the person's like been stabbed or something you can see they've yeah, died yeah yeah it's, it's uh, when, when they're being strangled yeah it's an artsy, artsy way of showing that without yeah. if you don't want to make it feel grotesque um, but that was a weird tangent about feet and film yeah yeah we were talking about Cobra pushing pushing the dick off uh, <laughs> pushing the dickhead off uh, and that, that's, that's a great moment and uh, uh, but so, so they, they get to the the reserve and Franco runs in and this is the emotional kind of final moment where he comes in and uh is actually about to kill him he's ready to just kill any human he sees and oh caesar comes out he's like no because that's actually one of the things about caesar that i really like is when they're breaking out of the the sanctuary and they do end up killing felton but it's kind of like it's kind of his own fault because he turns on the shocker yeah and i I also i wonder how much caesar actually knew that was gonna kill i know he's smart but, yeah, but does does he know that electricity plus water equals death? Right, exactly. Because yeah. to him, the hose is something that has just been used against them as a punishment. It's so funny. To, in his mind, it's, right, I'm going to use this as a punishment back. Now that you mentioned that, I'd be curious to go back and look at that scene and look at his reaction after the... Yeah, uh, see if he was shocked. Yeah, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, that was... I realised as soon as I um, But no, what I really... Because uh, all the other apes start beating up the other guy, who's been more... F- more friendly and kind of timid and not wanting to hurt them. He, he's not done anything actively yeah. wrong. Like, yeah, so, he hasn't necessarily treated them particularly well, but he's never been a complete dick. And Caesar kind of steps in and goes, "No, no, 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 get away from him!" And without saying anything, obviously, and he just he puts him in the cage softly and just sort of pats him on the shoulder and says, "Just go with it. You'll be fine." Yeah, yeah. He locks the cage door, but it's almost like a a protective measure for him. It's like yeah. you just you're safer in here. It's it's almost like in time he expects to teach the other apes like from right from wrong and we shouldn't yeah, just yeah, hurt them unwillingly. But but you got to get built to that. Let's yeah. start basics. Yeah. So obviously a lot of that gets brought up in Dawn, and that's a big theme. In yeah. That movie, but, I mean that's it, isn't it? You, you yeah. don't teach a baby morality. Yeah, you need to wait until they've because that's actually one of the things I like because obviously he loses his temper with you know the neighbor poking poking Lithgow yeah. and he, he loses his temper at the dog a little bit and what I like is that. He is really smart, and for because he's eight years old, because he skips, you know, because we have the two yeah, time yeah. jumps, and he's eight years old, and he's probably actually much smarter than an eight-year-old human is. But oh, at definitely. but at the same time, as much as he is, say, smarter than that, there's certain things that don't come with intelligence. It just comes with growing up and having the experience. And I think controlling your temper is one of those things. I don't think it doesn't matter how smart an eight-year-old is. Kids have temper tantrums, and that's kind of what what some of yeah. this is. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and it's this kind of thing you, you can't teach not to have a temper it's just as you grow older you have more experience you become more in control of your emotions and you learn how to sort of right and that's out. it and, to, and I think he knows to all these other apes this is this is new they don't know what they're doing yet I need to teach them yeah and until I do this is just their reaction so I just have to go right look just protect this guy get him in there and we'll I'll worry about teaching them later absolutely and so so Franco gets to him uh, in, in the woods and He's like, come home, I'll protect you. And he's being serious. And, he, and one of the things a little bit left go as well is he's he misses Caesar, like he's upset that Caesar's gone after he's left. It's like you really get the feeling that these eight years they've bonded as a family unit. Is yeah, yeah. Thing. That, that's what I was getting at earlier. Like yeah. even when he 
uh, at the start when he you know he has the the Alzheimer's still he remembers Caesar like he's he, when he's introduced to him like he's we see how he's kind of scrambled and all over the place but he still remembers him and then at the end when it comes back and he's much much worse um he still remembers Caesar because Caesar comes out and protects him he's like Caesar no like stop I still remembers him. It's it, like it's kind of it's like he's grounded him, and then it kind of spirals without him. I also kind of like the idea that there's a subtle little thing like uh, is that is that you know obviously there's a drug that actually does work because it makes them like super smart, <laughs> but yeah. I like the idea that it, it's really the companionship that helped him because he gets worse again after Caesar leaves. That's when he yeah. ultimately gets really bad and then dies. yeah yeah he spirals without the without the family member basically. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. That whole idea of like someone's lonely, someone needs help. You get them a companion of something. You know, usually it's a cat or a dog, but uh, maybe a fish. <laughs> but uh, well, a fish is a, fish is a shit pet. Yeah, right? at least get them like a hamster or something. You want even a hamster? I, I feel like if you, if the, if the animal can't sit with you on the couch, what's the point? Well, yeah, yeah. If you can't hold it in your hand, yeah, yeah, like, or like on your lap, or yeah, you, on your you lap. can't physically touch it. If the animal cannot sit and watch the movie with me, which, by the way, a cat sat and watched the movie with me when I watched it earlier, so, you know. That's... So, it's just something where, like, by by the rules we're applying here, mm-hmm. fish, no good. Snake, yeah, totally fine. Well, that can sit in your lap. I wouldn't want it to, though. <laughs> oh, I like snakes. I'm not, I'm not particularly fond of snakes, so I have to admit. I like snakes. Especially multiple snakes. There's something about a pit of snakes that really creeps me out. Well, I mean, a pit of aggressive snakes, sure, that'd creep me out, because that's supposed to be... Well, that's what I usually think of, though, when I think of snakes. One snake, eh, yeah, it's not that bad, but, like, I still wouldn't want to really, you know, socialise with it. (laughs) (laughs) I like snakes. Um, I'd rather have a snake than a cat. Oh, no. No, no. Can't pet a snake... Of course you can. You just you, you 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 put it over your neck and you you sit down and you and you relax. I'm not putting a snake over my neck. Thank that's you. normal. You know, you 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 hang it around your neck. That's that's kind of normal. Yeah. So was burning women at the stake for witchcraft for centuries. That doesn't make it right. Touche. Ah, exactly. Think. Shut up. <laughs> I, uh, see, this, this, this is a flawed argument because you can't argue that because you're right. Yeah, you know, exactly. So shut that, up. That, I win. That, no, 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 no. But <laughs> your your point was correct, but the the context you're using it in does not make that correct. You know, one one does not equal the other. But we've just not proved that it's wrong yet. That's all. It's, we're just waiting on that. Well, I haven't proved that cats are all completely evil yet, but I know that cats aren't evil. You are. You you're evil. Cats not so much. Um. <laughs> You have to earn a cat's respect, but once you do, they are they are loyal creatures. Anyway, uh, I was going to. Uh, I've been trying to talk about this final scene in the, the woods for like the yeah, last yeah, ten we, minutes. We will be getting there. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it was valid tangents into other parts of the film, but that, that was a bit about the snake might not have been. Yeah, uh, not so much. Um, but yeah, so so he, he finds him and he comes. He's like, trying to convince him, come home, I'll protect you. And it feels it feels genuine. It feels like he really wants his family member back. He's trying to get his son back, essentially. Uh, and you know, Caroline helps, which the way she can, she distracts the cop so he can do it. Mm. She's on board with this because she sees him maybe as part of the family as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, he, he leans in for, for like a sort of hug. And this is actually something that I I don't know if I didn't notice it the last time I watched it or if I just 
forgot that it was a whisper. And it, like he's not wanting the other apes to hear him. He just whispers into his ear. He sort of speaks. Well, maybe not quite a whisper, but softly. He doesn't shout. He doesn't say it. Sort of. He kind of speaks at a normal level. Yeah, just sort of quietly, quietly into his ear. Um, Caesar is home. And I love the expression in Franco's face as he pulls his... Because this is the first time he's heard it. Because he, he heard the other guy say, oh, he spoke, but he's not heard it. Mm. And it, it's, it's this kind of amazing thing where, like a good father figure should realise, he's right. He's found his home. This is, he's left his nest, and he's, he's this is him in the real world. This is his world now. And yeah. he, he accepts it. And that's kind of, you know, we have that final great shot of them climbing the trees, and he's looking over at San Francisco. Uh, obviously, there's one little extra scene and subplot that leads to it that we need to talk about, but that's that's the big climactic ending. It's it's beautiful. It's it's great imagery. Uh, it's a great movie. I really like it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's held it's... up. It's held up these six years later, which I'm really happy to say. Yeah, it's it's really hard to complain about most of it. It's it's really solid, and like I say, it's it's all about the, these characters and their relationships and their journeys. That's it. That, that is every single vapid blockbuster that doesn't work. That's what they forget. They forget that the characters at the core of it are what the movie's really about, and they have to have something that. And I feel like Franco, uh, Franco's arc is he has to learn to let go, yeah. which he doesn't with his father, and it eats him alive that he doesn't. And he makes he makes the right choice with Caesar. And admittedly, it's easier to let someone go when they're off to be a better, you know, their own person as opposed to like letting someone die. But that's ultimately his thing: is he has to learn that he has to he can't control everything. Um, and that's a, a very good arc. Caesar, of course, has this coming of age arc where he learns to be a leader and learns to be all these things. Um, yeah. So no, it's great stuff. Uh, so obviously, the, the last little scene we get, which is kind of it's, it's mid credits. We get a little mid credits scene. Uh, the asshole neighbor, <laughs> who we who we learned earlier on. Uh, I don't think he actually said he was a pilot per se, but he says he goes to the airport. He says that as if it's where he usually goes. So you okay? He, he at least works at the airport if he's not something else. And then we see him at the end. He's got his pilot hat on. He's He's gone off to the airport, and he's sick because uh, what was the guy's name? The buddy at the Tyler Levine. There you go, Tyler Levine. We see him get sick because he breathed in some of the the, the new one that because the, the one they've been using is the twelve. This is the thirteen that they'll be the, the new yeah, one. Yeah, and for some reason they made it airborne. <laughs> what what stupid idea was that? I know, I know. Um, so maybe that's an occupy you can make. Is maybe some of the, the the scientific decisions that like like yeah before it's this you know it's fluid injection. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. This is what you do. And I wonder, then they went, nah, let's make it airborne. I wonder if that was... I mean, never explained this, but obviously you had to make it stronger. I wonder if that was part of the decision, like yeah, airborne. Been, yeah. Because yeah, he yeah. says, oh, I have to make it more aggressive because eventually the, the body will fight back and it won't work. Uh, that's, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, I, don't, was, I, don't know, I don't know enough to dispute that. Yeah. But he, he gets sneezed on by him and because he's a pilot, uh, he goes to the airport. We can see that he's clearly also sick. And then we get that, obviously, over the rest of the credits, we get the, the, the red lines going over the map to show the, how it's spreading. So he goes to Germany, and then it spreads from Germany to, like, ten different locations, and then it keeps going. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's the, the moment where it's clear this is a separate continuity to the original movie. Yeah, oh, absolutely, because I, I, think, I think that's the thing, is the original movie's so steeped in Cold War, that's why yeah. things go this way. Whereas with this... It's still our fault. It's still you know. It's still a human being. It's not human being as a society. Admittedly, it's more of a specific group, but it's like our own hubris, our own sort of uh, sort of disregard for what we shouldn't be tampering with. Yeah, that that leads to our demise. Uh, so, yeah, um, and obviously, it's spreading as a as an infection epidemic is very relevant to a lot of the fears of today. I mean, 
Yeah. How, how many outbreaks have we had since then? I mean, obviously Ebola springs to mind. Yeah, SARS. Uh, yeah, like yeah, that. we've had a few. I mean, I'm trying to think. Obviously, what was before this? What was after? But there's uh, a few. There's a bit of few either side. That are big major ones. I early in my life, I I vaguely remember something called mad cow disease. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't specifically tell you what it was doing. I just remember being told not to maybe eat as much meat for a while, <laughs> just in yeah, case. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty rough one actually. <laughs> uh, I was really young when that happened, so I had vague memories. Yeah, yeah memories. same. Um, but no, yeah. So it's a, it's a thing. Uh, really, really good movie. I guess really solid. Like, um. Honestly, like, if anything, I think of it higher now than I did when I first seen it. Like, remembering why it was so good and seeing the character arcs and analysing that a bit with you afterwards, like, I feel like it holds yeah, up really it. well. Yeah, no, I agree. So, also, small Easter egg I really like, because there's a few, obviously, you know, like, he's holding the Statue of Liberty little model. Oh, yeah, yeah that. We, we see the mission to Mars, and then there was that, another thing that's about the, the one space. That interests me, the mission to Mars thing. It's like, okay, so if they wanted to, after this trilogy... They could jump ahead and do their own actual version of the oh, original. Oh yeah, of this this mission to Mars coming back, or yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see what you mean. I, I could see that. Obviously, they couldn't treat it like a twist like the original did. They'd have to no, go which would actually be, you know, what like you say when they when you first went to see this one, it's like right, who wants this? And part of me goes right, do I really want to see a more direct mm. remake of that? But I think them being forced to not treat it as a twist and being forced to set it along that lines would actually make it interesting because they'd have to they'd be forced to do something different with it. Yeah, I also think part of it would be, like, maybe it wouldn't be as far ahead so we could still have Caesar rather than different apes. Maybe yeah, they would yeah, want to do that. Obviously, but... we, we see you know, society crumbles pretty quick. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see an older Caesar and, like, how does he react to, like, maybe once, like, people are finally just gone completely... Uh, I mean, I said that we don't know how war's going to end. Maybe there'll be some kind of maybe there'll yeah, be a happier yeah. ending where some people do get to coexist with with uh, humans, but uh, with the apes rather. But I, I, yeah, I'd be really interested in that myself and see. Uh, and part of me wants there to be no more after the next one. I feel like if this is a great trilogy, and as a trilogy, it is the best part of the franchise. I mean, assuming war doesn't completely shut the bed, but it's the same director's done. So I'm feeling yeah, and, and, and no reason to be worried yet. Yeah. Uh, and the trailers look good, so with the Harrelsons in it, that's always a nice uh, sign. But it is. Um, no, no, I have to agree with you. Like I say, I don't necessarily want more, but I think it was interesting. They said like maybe it would be interesting if they did decide to try that. At least if they do do more, I like that idea. Is keeping it somewhat separate. Like this is a contained trilogy where if everything after it's shit, you can ignore it. It's, this is the trilogy you want to experience. This is the one you can watch. Yeah, um, and obviously the original film still works really well, so it's a great sort of companion where it's like original movie, uh, and then new one, and, and obviously like yeah, going back and watching the original and the apes versus the, the the current CGs like night and day, uh, but obviously we complimented the original suits and how they, they at least let the eyes be expressive. There was there was like compliments to give. It was the best they could do at the time. Yeah, exactly. So. And I mean, we'll always say we we find it hard to imagine that. Anyone will look back at this in fifty years and go, "Oh, it was the best they could do at the time." Uh, it was the best they could do at the time. It was, yeah, obviously it was. But <laughs> you, we we find it hard to imagine being that much better at all. But I you just know. never know. In ten years' time, we'll look back and say, "You know what? We've actually advanced a bit again." Since yeah, then, yeah, maybe. exactly. You just don't know, do you? So you know, a, a, a two-dimensional man cannot comprehend the third dimension. Exactly. Just like we can't comprehend the fourth dimension. 
Unless you argue that it's time, uh, which you know is up for debate. <laughs> but, yeah, but even that we can only comprehend in in like a linear one, fashion. Yeah, linear fashion. Uh, you know, we can only comprehend it straight through. So even then, yeah. But no, uh, uh, great, great stuff. Uh, it's a fantastic film. So I, I guess that leaves us to rate Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I, I was that like, last time I saw it. I think I gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go up to an eight point five this time. You know, I, I think I did the same, and I think I'm going to do the same. <laughs> I think eight point five. I mean, eight point five. Yeah, yeah. Eight point. I think. I think it's 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 so close to earning that nine. It it, it is. really is. It. I, I think. I think Tom felt not just his accent, but I think he is like maybe a bit cartoony in who villainous is. Um, yeah, you don't really know what you don't never get a sense of why he's like that. He's just a dick for the sake of being a dick. Yeah, he's, he's just. I don't get it. Yeah, um, you know, and as much as I, I you know, I, I read into some of the evil executive stuff at the lab, it is maybe the the the, the most undercooked element of the movie in terms of it's just there to serve the plot that's happening rather than really being its own thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but that, and partly it's just because I can compare it to the next one, which is even better. So, uh, but eight point five, I think that's I think that's fair. It really holds up. I, if you haven't checked out Rise and Dawn, I would really recommend doing so, and then going to see War when it comes out if you like the first two. So, uh, that is Rise of the Apes. Remember that throughout the month of June on Patreon, if you're a Patreon at the five dollar tier or above, you can vote on the bonus episode for July. The four options are all from Christopher Nolan because he's got a film coming out in July. Dunkirk gave me one to like sort of celebrate that by doing one of his other movies around the same time. So the options are of course Memento, Following, The Prestige and Insomnia. So if you're on Patreon or you're thinking about going to Patreon and supporting the channel over there at patreon.com slash TV to put my plug voice on, uh, you can go and do that uh, up until the last day of the month uh, that votes up. Uh, but otherwise of course if you want to support the channel you can do it by liking, subscribing, all that kind of stuff. Comment in the section below. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie. Uh, but that is us so thank you once again we'll be back very soon with Don won't be the next episode but it'll be soon because we've got two episodes a week for the next few weeks so I think it'll be in like two weeks I think yeah it's two weeks sounds right uh, which will be nicely just a week or two before before yeah. war comes out so so yeah uh, do all that look forward to that thank you very much for watching guys keep watching movies we'll see you next time